This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me today is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we are joining listeners after, frankly, a 3-0 humbling uh, of Newcastle at Aston Villa. A very one-sided game, as we'll get on to in a minute. And Newcastle's five-game winning streak coming, clattering down really, uh, with with a bang. Um <laughs> Uh, our, new, our poor run at Villa Park continuing, actually. Uh, we're still waiting for our first win there since 2013. Uh, we mentioned that, of course, in our preview last week. And, yeah, it was... <laughs> Not the best game that Newcastle have ever done. Um, I mean, fully deserved from Villa, we have to say. Oh, um, uh, 100%. They, they were excellent. Should have probably been an even worse scoreline for the Magpies. Um... But as we were saying um, privately as well before, that we think Villa are probably quite an underrated team and they have been really, really on form this season. I mean, what it's still been... Still no win at Villa Park for the Magpies since 2013. Um, And really, I don't think anybody really covered themselves in glory, to be honest. Gordon only started his second game after um, his strop about being substituted last week, something that we didn't really get into. Um, and he did very, very little. Yeah, he, he didn't after, as you said, we didn't really get into it last week. But yeah, after kind of having a you know a bit of a strop with Eddie Howe and stuff, which I mean, considering you know how new he is to the club and, and stuff, like, obviously it's always good that a player wants to play and, and feel strongly about that, but also, his attitude like, needs to be sorted out. I, yeah, it's it's also a, it's a little bit of a red flag for me. I mean, again, he's young. Like, you know, I'm not going to go overboard, but like, it's fair to say, yeah, he didn't. He he didn't, he, really, he didn't really um, <laughs> well, do anything to justify that. But again, he wasn't alone in that. It's not like it was just him having a poor game. The whole team. Did I mean, do great. I mean, Ollie uh, Watkins but, had an excellent game. Yes, in front of Gareth Southgate, no less. He as was. Well. Everywhere and it was every ball he cut through Newcastle's defence. I don't don't quite know what was going on there, but it was paper thin at times. And he was, he was relentless, wasn't he? I mean, oh, literally, yeah. it was like what twenty seconds in, roughly, when he hit the post. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had one disallowed for offside, uh, which was correct, but a very tight one. You know, literally, I think inches in it. And then, of course, scores twice in the second half. And assists Jacob Ramsey's opener, um, and Jacob Ramsey, of course, also then hitting the bar about five minutes after he scored from that knockdown. You know, we're on another day that could have easily been five nil, and it wouldn't have been harsh on Newcastle at all because we weren't very good and Villa were excellent and ruthless. You know, you could have say. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose one small positive from it is the fact that it was quite out of character for the fact that we were so thoroughly outplayed 
the fact that that is something of a rarity these days and again I'm, I'm obviously grasping slightly at straws here but it shows how far we've come in the sense that you know this, this was out of character for us this wasn't a normal game uh, yeah exactly <laughs> um, but also testament to the job that Unai Emery's been doing at Villa Park um, since what sort of October um, and he, of course he was he turned down the Newcastle job uh, before we ended up hiring Eddie Howe and again I think Eddie Howe's done a, a phenomenal job as well but <clears throat> it's showing I think why Emery was a target for the club um, you know we, obviously he'd had his slight struggles at Arsenal which I mean to be fair you know being the first manager to replace Arsene Wenger uh, was always going to be a huge ask for anyone. But I think I think Arsenal is so set in their ways, and and a lot of the top five, top four teams tend to be set in their ways. We've seen it with Man United struggling to change system, and I think Emery is very much one of those managers who wants his own style of play to come through. And and luckily for him and for Villa, both have been receptive to that. And it and it's as you just said it. It really does show. In, in the way they play, and they've been, they've been a challenge for every team that they've played. I feel this season, um, whether or not the results go their their way or not, I feel like that they've they've played very well. It's it's fairly difficult or unusual to find a game where they've not been dangerous on occasion. So, yeah, no, it's really really good from from them to be honest. Yeah, I think. I mean, again, from from Newcastle point of view, it's weird because this, I think, normally would be the kind of performance and result that would, in days gone by, would have really sort of been quite, you know, upsetting or disappointing, um, whatever you want to call it. And I think <clears throat> because we've been so good recently and overall throughout the season, despite obviously that we had that rough patch. Um, I think I can be a bit more philosophical about it and just be like, oh, hands up to them. We went to a ground where we historically have struggled in recent years against a very informed team with an excellent manager. And, you know, fair play to them. They absolutely turned up and took full advantage of us not being at our best. Because, uh, I mean, it is, <clears throat> not to take anything away from Villa, I think it's also fair to say we weren't at our best um, in that game. You know, we we didn't play particularly well, but... You know, Villa, you can only beat what's in front of you, and they took full advantage oh, 100%. of the fact that we weren't at our best, and, and they were excellent. And I guess you could also say that they were so good that they didn't allow us to play particularly well as well. So again, it's, it, it's you know six of one, half dozen of another at a certain point. But um, but yeah, as I say, I, I'm not obviously it would have been great to even just get a draw or something um, because obviously every point is crucial now if we're going to potentially end up in the top four come the end of the season obviously we're starting to run out of games again we're still doing well um, you know so we're not at panic stations yet and again as, as we'll get to shortly with us playing Spurs next weekend that's a game where we could you know that could have a big impact on, on whether we are able to get in the top four you know so we'll get onto that shortly but um, yeah as I say hats off to Villa thoroughly outplaying us um, Ollie Watkins yeah what a, I mean he's in brilliant form at the moment and that was a, that was a hell of a performance um, like I say the perfect performance to pull out of the back in front of Gareth Southgate um, and yeah 
suppose one of the brief positive for us um, was that Almiron came off the bench. Um, so again, it's nice to have him back yeah. in the team. Obviously, he's been out for a little while. I, I'll be honest, I what uh, you know, I hadn't really been expecting him back because the way they were talking about sort of six weeks was I thought he wasn't really going to be back until more like the end of April. So the fact that he was coming off the bench is a good sign for us um, because again, he's obviously had a big season. And he's going to be important for us in the running. Um, so nice to have him back in contention to play again. Um, potentially maybe you know a little bit earlier than uh, was initially expected. Um, obviously he wasn't able to do anything in this game. But yeah, hopefully he can... Uh, again, whether he'll be ready to start again straight away, say next week, um, you know, is unclear. But the, you know, the fact that he's... he's Back it in and around uh, contention for for playing, obviously, like I say, is, is a great sign. Um, but yeah, on to the news though this week, and Premier League clubs have collectively and voluntarily agreed to stop having gambling companies sponsoring the front of their matchday shirts. I mean, I wonder if that will mean there will be no gambling adverts all the way around every airing of a football match. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've seen a lot of... Um, I think a lot more awareness in recent years of issues like gambling addiction and obviously linking that to football because you know we we've you know you watch any match on the telly and all the adverts it's cars beer and gambling so basically the stereotypical male you're, you're missing one new man <laughs> that one randomly cropped up Yes, also uh, <laughs> erectile dysfunction. But basically, it's all like sort of stereotypical man stuff and then the gambling. And you get absolutely bombarded with gambling adverts. I think we have seen in recent years some legislation. Um, I think I could be wrong. Is it maybe like at half time they're not allowed to show it now? But of course, you know, they still show it like in the build up and all this other stuff. And it's still like pretty awash with it. Um, and to be fair, I think it's also fair to point out that. This um, step, which again was it was collective and it was voluntary. This wasn't enforced. I mean, again, maybe they're doing it before it becomes a forced issue. But <laughs> even so, <clears throat> hats off to them. But it is worth noting it only applies to the front of the shirt. So gambling companies can still feature on sleeves, advertising hoardings, etc., and so on. Uh, but the reason, well, aside from the fact that it's Premier League wide news, is this does affect Newcastle. We are one of eight Premier League teams currently with a betting company as our primary shirt sponsor. Of course, it's Fun88 at the moment. Uh, and this change will come into effect at the start of the 2026-27 season. So basically... So absolutely ages. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, it's letting the current sponsorship deals expire. Yeah. Um, so it's it's three years from now. But, you know, that's, it's just like one of those legal things where, you know, if you see, sign that deal, you know, you're beholden to it. Um but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. I think Newcastle uniquely are... Well, not uniquely, but... I think compared with the other teams, um, you know, like you know, Everton's and your Brentford's and all these other teams that also have, you know, gambling sponsors, I say it's very common. Uh, they do tend to pay better in terms of the sponsorship deals, in terms of, you know, you tend to get more revenue in. <clears throat> so I think that will be a thing for a lot of those teams is... Will they be able to get a new sponsor in that can bring the same revenue in? Uh, I, I think I, for Newcastle, I wouldn't be surprised if this starts the the 
the whole spiral into what is happening at, at rugby at the moment, which is when you have a sponsorship on the ass of the shorts, that will happen. Uh, and then oh, sponsorships on the legs. It will be like a NASCAR, but <laughs> on the shirts. I, I can't see that happening personally. The socks, 100%. See. <laughs> ass, ass sponsorship. You heard it here first, folks. It really is a thing. You, you, yeah. No, I know. Like, but you, you I, look I, at the rugby, and it's I like. Can't... I mean, admittedly, their butts are in the air a lot more, but like, I can still see it happening. Wait till we get the budgie smuggler shorts back because it is cyclical, <laughs> guys. Prepare your eyes for that absolute monstrosity. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I can't see that happening. I think they'll just be again. They're going to be on advertising hoardings. They're going to be on. Um, they're going to be on shirt sleeves, uh, and I think that's you know, but. Like I say, I think in terms of the revenue and stuff, I think Newcastle are uh, well positioned. And again, asterisk the ownership <laughs> is. Let's face it, we were all, like almost when when the Fun Eight Eight Bet One runs out, which I think is relatively soon. I'm not, I can't remember if it's this season or or the end of next season, but I'm pretty sure it's ticking down. You'll be Saudi Arabian. It's gonna. Airlines. It's exactly. It's gonna be some big inflated Saudi nonsense. Or as inflated as they can make it now that they've slightly closed the door on that um, sort of a loophole, as it were. Um, which, again, I'm not saying I approve of, but just to sort of give some context, it, it puts us in a better position financially than, say, like an Everton or, or, again, one of these other clubs. I'm just using them because they're the one that I can definitely remember off the top of my head uh, from the other seven teams aside from us. Um, yeah, for them, it's going to be interesting to see, like, yeah, can they get as much uh, money through the door uh, when it's you know a food company or whoever um, you know sponsoring them? But yeah, um, uh, but overall, like I say, it's a start. <laughs> like I say, there's still sleeves, advertising hoardings, all the rest of it. But it's it's still a start nonetheless, and one that was voluntary. Again, even if potentially it was voluntary before it would have become mandatory at some point anyway. Still got to give them at least uh, some props for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we will obviously just sort of have to wait and see how that plays out for Newcastle and for the rest of them. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, Newcastle this summer uh, will be taking part in the Premier League Summer Series friendlies. Oh, uh, so exciting. States. Be prepared, guys, if you want to travel. Just forget the travel costs because it's probably going to cost you about £120 for the cheapest tickets. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Yep. Let's let's give your players a rest by sending them to America to do a summer series. Yay! Mm. How many people have ever heard of Newcastle in America? Or well, no, they've heard of Newcastle in in America, but not the actual <laughs> Newcastle in the UK. They'll probably think it's some southern team. Nah, I think I think the the Premier League uh, is, is pretty popular relative to you know how popular just football generally <laughs> is over there. Um, but I, I, I think a lot of MLS fans uh, tend to follow the, the Premier League um, to an extent as well. So I, th- I think you know teams have been going to the States or to China or whatever for donkey's years. It's just funny. I think I find this year that they're actually calling it like the Summer Series. Like yeah. it's a bunch of preseason friendlies, guys. We don't, we don't need to. Yeah, it'll be the World Cup next time. Um, we'll go to America. That's what it will be. But um, yeah, we're going to be playing Villa, Chelsea, and Brighton. Um, I think a couple of other teams. I think uh, Brentford and someone else 
maybe possibly Leeds, I think, or um, are also going to be involved. Um, yeah, basically, we're in some friendlies around the States. And yeah, ticket, oh man, ticket prices, like... I had to sort out the Man United Wrexham friendly mm. for work um, on Friday, and uh, a little bit late because um, I know it actually went on sale the other week, but I was off because we got married. Hey hey. Um, and anyway, <laughs> Not I was. That you mentioned that last time. <laughs> I mean, is that just the fact that we're still married? Is that is that why you're celebrating? Yep. The anticipation that it wasn't going to last. Two weeks going strong, guys. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> no. <laughs> Happy two week anniversary. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll see if I'll make it to three weeks by next time, listeners. <laughs> um but yeah, the, the ticket uh the ticket prices are insane. This is it's take it was take it's taking place at the Snapdragon Stadium in San Diego. And I the 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 cheapest tickets and again, I'm sure some some cheaper ones probably got snapped up initially, because again, as I say, I'm a little bit um, late to setting it up, but the cheapest tickets were like $190, and that was probably, I th- I'm pretty sure that was before fees. So you're probably looking at comfortably over $200, basically over 200 quid at this point for the cheapest ticket to watch a friendly between probably Man United's reserve side and Wrexham. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm sure you'll probably get like a cheeky guest appearance from Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney at some point like before the game or something they might wander out onto the pitch or something but like maybe but bonkers American ticket prices man anyway <laughs> ticket master yeah um, <laughs> but yeah if you fancy going bankrupt get yourself <laughs> to um, the States this summer to just watch us play again Villa, Chelsea or Brighton who you know will play Every week in in the league, <laughs> yeah. And let's talk about the the other clown match that's that's happening: uh, Newcastle versus Tottenham. And I think the short the two answer, banter clubs. The, the short answer to this is literally anything could happen. We have no idea. Tottenham have been trash. Tottenham could be Tottenham. <laughs> Newcastle have been trash. Newcastle could turn that around and be like what they normally are. I mean, who who knows? I mean, I'll let you go into the nitty gritty, but that's. <laughs> Basically, the summary. <laughs> yes, as, as I feel like, as with any preview of any Spurs game that's ever happened, it's de- really just depends what Spurs turn up. Uh, and I know that's a cliche, but this is Spurs we're talking about, guys. You know, like, I mean, well, they <laughs> they did us a favour because, of course, we went and lost at Villa. They did they did us a favour. They lost three two at home to Bournemouth. Oh yeah, um, so they're still three points behind. They have an atrocious record. Yeah, their goal record, 45 goals conceded this season, which is the worst defensive record in the top 13. Not just the top half, but the top 13. That is obviously not great. Um, And they've also won just twice in their last eight games. Um, So on recent form, you know, fair to say a mixed bag. Um, (laughs) But again, this is Spurs. They've got Harry Kane. They've got all these great players if they turn up and play well they can pretty much beat anyone I mean they you know they still beat Man City I think earlier this season and, and stuff like that they have like a, actually a weirdly good record against Man City which is um, you know surprising but you know um, as we say given that they're still three points behind us like I say because they did us a favour I think we still have a game in hand on them uh, if I remember rightly but if we can win that game 
and go six points clear and definitely then if we still have a game in hand that's pretty massive in terms because I think they're our biggest rivals for the top four Mm. Um, I think realistically I mean who knows but I think realistically it's probably between for those two remaining spots because obviously Arsenal and Man City are going to finish top two I think you're looking at us Man United and Spurs and although they're not guaranteed it I think Man United will probably eventually lock down one of those places if that's the case and if I'm right about that that really does leave us and Tottenham so if we can open up a six point gap and have a game in hand um, you know with um, you know six, seven, eight games to play whatever it is again nothing's guaranteed but that is a massive boost to our chances there I mean the thing is you've not beaten them at their ground oh your ground sorry since 2016 so not beating them at home yeah for that long um yeah we had the <sighs> after we got relegated in 2016 we had that then random post relegation 5-1 home win against Spurs and yeah as you say we've we've really struggled actually um against them since then um I mean you did beat them 2-1 earlier this season but I don't know I just think Spurs have this weird affiliation to teams that they like to play against and then stuff just falls into place for them for those matches and they'll do trash against everybody else <laughs> who statistically you think they should be um, but yeah anything could happen I guess watch this space well it's going to be on Sky Sports so yeah, you know and it, if, if any neutral wants to go on just watch two teams like throw themselves at each other's goal and probably, it, it, probably it, not get anything <laughs> in for ages then uh, but you know it, it, it could be a really exciting game to be fair um, you know I could see it being quite end to end oh I, I can just see being stressed for the entire 90 <laughs> minutes and it's going to be really painful for me <laughs> I mean like I say I'm I'm feeling quite philosophical about it all the moment you know the fact that we got let's face it pretty much tonked by Aston Villa and you know what it's like <laughs> you just don't care anymore is that it, it didn't even bother me it's <laughs> like it's, I'm, I'm weirdly philosophical about it now um, is this because it's like the first season in a very long time that you're not in a relegation zone it is really, really nice to be in the, mid- <laughs> in the middle of April and not absolutely bricking it about that. And it, obviously, don't get me wrong, I'll be disappointed if we drop out of the top four or if we drop out of the European European places altogether. I don't think we will on the latter front. But, you know, it'd be disappointing, obviously. But I think we're also just like, whatever happens, we've had a great season and it's been a huge improvement. And Exactly. Is the only I'm way feeling fairly... Uh, I'm currently... Anyway, we'll see... Again, watch this space, listeners. <laughs> I'm currently feeling quite philosophical about it. But I, I say it's going to be an interesting one next weekend. And yeah, obviously, we need to play much, much better than we did on Saturday. Hopefully, if nothing else, this is a time we kick up the arse for us. <laughs> Um, rather than like a huge like sort of demoralising thing because again we, we went into that with five wins on the trot so hopefully you know it hasn't completely just eroded any confidence hopefully it's more of a kick up the arse than anything else No, you're, I'm you're sure Eddie right. Howe will have been kicking him up the arse this week because yeah. he will not have been happy with what he saw I think I think the main thing is is how do Newcastle come back from that defeat now obviously they're professionals it shouldn't affect them to that greater degree but it is important to see how the squad responds and how Eddie Howe responds because you don't want to get into that cyclical nature of 
the defence is rubbish, the defence is still rubbish, the defence is still rubbish, or you just can't score, forwards can't score, forwards can't score. Uh, and lots of teams do it. I mean, Newcastle just never used to shoot at goal. Um, <laughs> didn't ah, even matter. Steve Bruce here. You mean, not even that they weren't in a position to do so, they just didn't do it. And it was like, well, okay, guys, um, that's useful. Oh, yeah, that was that was infuriating. But it's, but, it's, but it's that type of thing. Like, anything can happen. I don't think that they should be in that situation. But there is the potential. Let's, let's just hope that that isn't the case. Indeed. But, yeah, we'll be back to talk about it next week. Until next time, we've been Magpies Unrestricted. And if you could uh, please give the podcast a like and subscribe and a positive review, that would be uh, absolutely fantastic. I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. No problemo. And thank you, listeners. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.